Welcome to the Tunnel Club post game reaction show. Uh, you're with your host, Mike Newell, and uh, Sean Levy, as always. This, for me at least, uh, the backyard uh, edition. Um, we also may have some special guests dropping in on the show. Uh, so if they jump in, I'll let you know who they are. Uh, I'll leave that a mystery for now. Um, but big road dub in Nashville for TFC. A 4-3 barn burner win. Um, lots to sort of talk about and, and think about in, in this match. But uh, the big notes, obviously, um, a brace for Jonathan Osorio. Uh, another goal for Bernadeschi from the penalty spot. And, of course, Lorenzo Insigne getting off uh, onto the scoring charts with his first goal with an absolute stunner. Uh, that stands as the match winner. Um, Sean, you were watching this, obviously. Just, of course, as always, want to get your thoughts on what you saw uh, in this match. Um, I mean, I'm happy we got the three points, uh, road victory, which uh, obviously the first road victory of the year. Um, I know for a lot of those fans that still want to keep hope out, you know, you're now only four points off of the, the playoff push. But, you know, it's the key factors, you know, Important additions scored today, right? Also, with the beautiful brace, I mean, also has been magnificent when he's healthy this year. Um, key asset to the team, like you know, you just see why we need him on the pitch. Um, and then, of course, like you said, that was a stunner, uh, the game winner, and you know, it just basically, you know, it 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 was a, it was nice to see. TFC got the win. There were some other, you know, moments of frustration, but you know, the first two goals, I don't think you can actually blame TFC for. I think we can most fans from all angles, the penalty shouldn't have been called. And the second goal, the player was offside. That's it. That's my take. But we can get into that a little bit later. At the end of the day, we well, have gone. Sorry? Oh no, let's let's get into it now. Cause I like Let's be real here. I, I think you know, if we're just diving straight in, two of those three goals are, into, in my opinion, on the dubious goals category, right? Like the first one you can kind of, I guess, maybe give VAR a break and say like he, it, it's hard to jumped. overturn. No, no, he jumped. Come on. Everybody saw okay. it. It's not as if Bono, you know, he was still running and his leg got, it, it, you know, it was in that mo- motion. Fully, Bono did what any keeper was trying to make dive. The player jumped, and his foot in the air is what caught Bono's arm. To me, that's not a penalty. I don't know how you call that. I don't know how VAR didn't overturn that, but that's my take on that one. Second one, the player was offside. I've tried to find an amazing, maybe, maybe my angle was off. I've seen still shots of it, and I, it still seems he was clearly offside. Yeah, I think uh, for the first one, you know, uh, my initial reaction was it was penalty. Then obviously, as you slow it down, you clearly see that, look, Bono obviously goes out to try to um, contest the shot. And look, CJ Sapong kind of lands into him in, in, in a way. And, you know, I'm I'm not as apoplectic about that one as the offside goal, but yeah, I agree. I don't think it was a penalty or if it was a penalty, it's a soft penalty. The second one, I mean, come on, he's offside. Like it's not, it's, it's, 
it, it's a little bit ridiculous. And I know from a certain angle, there's that one angle that looks like Bernadeschi might have played him onside. But, I mean, you could see that he's closer to the goalkeeper uh, than Bernadeschi. Uh, and and although that angle kind of looks a certain way, obviously camera angles can hide depth a little bit. I mean, he was offside. It's just there's no no way around that, and in the fact that VAR doesn't go back and and sort of not even not even just sort of overrule it, but the, the referee doesn't even go take a look at it uh, is a little bit stunning. That's the part that got me. It's like that's one where the referee can go and take a look. And look, if he looks at the TV, he gets the angle and says, "Ah, you know what? It, it's not clear and obvious." I could probably live with that a little bit more then if it's seriously, I just don't go look at it and nah, it's okay. It's not a penalty. So, uh, I mean, look, in the end of the day, we can say it's fine. It's not fine, but it's fine because they win and you get the three points. You needed those three points badly, but they could have been screwed out of three points. Uh, again, they, they, in my opinion, deserve, thoroughly deserved. Um, because that first half was probably the best first half we've seen from TFC. And I've got two people in uh, Ryan Kennedy's backyard right now. Uh, so do we agree? Yes? Yes. Yes. All right. Yes. Yeah. There you go. So we got in agreement that that was probably the best first half we've seen from this team all year. And, and Oh, second. Yeah, second back. I'm sorry. I think the game, the the, 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 the day, the Charlotte game, that first half. That okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, that's, fair. that's fair. No, I'll put my hand up. That's fair. Um, but Richie Larea stepping back into that team like he hasn't left at all because he's barely left. Um, just, just, just the breath of fresh air that TFC needed down that right hand side. Oh, definitely. I mean, that was probably one of the big biggest things you notice right out the bat is the 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 addition of of Richie, um, the strength that he adds to that right side. Um, it, it, we're we're definitely fully a dual threat on both wings when you have you know wing backs that can defend and can attack the way you need them to it, it, with this type of formation we're playing so um you know it was great seeing him back you know uh, he was involved in in two of the goals um so you know that's right there shows the difference in again you have two young kids who are learning the position who don't know aren't going to be as effective as somebody like Richie who's got the experience. Um, so it's a big step up. Absolutely. And I think you can see the, um, the, the connection between Bernadette and Richie Larea right away, right? Like that, um, that ability for, you know, Richie and Bernadette to run at the same time. And, you know, Bernadette can cut in on his favorite left foot and Richie can make that overlapping run and you can find those connections uh, very quickly. And it seems like they were gaining that, that understanding with each other uh, really quickly. And that is a, that's a big, big thing for this team because that's, that's a piece that has been missing a lot this year in terms of being able to balance out the field and, and balance out the attack is just having that ability to have a, a right wing back or a right sided defender that can connect with a winger and, and really make things happen. And, 
and obviously we all know Richie, right? So like none of this is a surprise to any of us, but obviously what does he do? He comes in, immediately starts attacking, uh, you know, starts attacking the left-sided uh, Nashville flankers or players, sorry. And, um, and puts them under, puts them under pressure, right? So they can't just push up uh, and, and sort of camp TFC in their own half, right? They have to respect the fact that Richie can get by them, get into dangerous positions. And of course, what does he do? What are the, I think he's one of the best in MLS getting into a box, getting his feet moving and he wins a penalty um, that Bernadeschi converts. Yeah. That's, I mean, and that's one of the things that I noticed that were, you know, that, just seeing him back is is a good sight because he's he's another attacking threat even from a defensive um, standpoint, right? Because we know Richie will drive that ball; he'll attack straight to the net. He's not afraid to go for goal, right? And that's a big upgrade from what we've had all season. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, uh, of course, we want to get uh, the. There's a lot of people in the room right now, so we'd love to get your thoughts. Feel free to uh, grab the mic tonight, uh, bottom left-hand corner, if you are on your phone, uh, and we'll try to get you on tonight. Uh, also, we do have questions coming in via tweet. So if you are uh, tweeting at us and, and want to uh, ask a question or uh, get some thoughts on the game, go ahead and do that. Uh, use the pinned tweet at the top of this uh, show uh, and use the hashtag TFC Tunnel Club. Uh, it's uh, easiest way for us to see your questions. A few have come in already. Um, uh, Rise of the Reds podcast just saying worst officials in any sport has to be pro. Um, I'm not. They're up there. They're up there. They're up there. They're up there. Yeah, the, the, some of them are up there for sure. Um, and, and and it's you know it's um, it can be frustrating at times, right? Because from game to game, you just don't know what you're always going to get. Uh, and, and this game clearly, and look, it's not like, you know, Alan Chapman, the, the official for his matches, it's not, he's not a rookie, right? He's, he's done MLS cups. He's done over 200 MLS games. So it's not like he's new. Um, and that, and that's, uh, and, and that's sort of one of those situations where you're, you know, you're hoping that the referee can sort of just, you know, take a look um, and use the tools that are there to, you know, make the make the right calls. I don't think that was done um, on those two goals tonight. So that was very interesting. Um, JJ just saying set uh, pieces and crosses into the box is a big weakness of TFC. Uh, every time ball sent into the box uh, <laughs> into our their box, you hold your breath. Yeah, we know that. Um, you know that's something that they need to work on. Uh, next year or next season, uh, definitely it, it's a big concern uh, in terms of just their team defending, not just the center backs either. Um, it, it's got to be it's got to be a team effort on on clearing the ball out of the box. Um, Jordan just asking, is there any word on Richie? I think Richie just cramped up, right? Like transatlantic flight on Thursday, trains Friday, flies again uh, yesterday um, or maybe early today. Uh, Rise in Nashville plays 60 minutes. And he was in preseason mode. And he was in preseason mode, as, as Ryan mentioned. Yeah, absolutely. He's in preseason mode. He played a few. He played, I think he got into the majority of uh, Nottingham's preseason games uh, this year. But, I mean, preseason and the full-out thing are, are two very different things. 
I would say the flight probably affected him the most, the transatlantic flight, right? Like that, that put a lot of, you know, and I think even just the, the, you know, the last 48 hours for him, right. was just emotional. Um, so he's probably a bit gassed. And at the end of the day, I mean, I'm not going to complain about for the, the length of minutes he gave us was outstanding. Yeah, 63 minutes of Richie Larea is better than 100 or 90 minutes of anybody else right now. Uh, and then don't get me wrong, that's not that's not me dunk trying to dunk on Kosi Thompson or Jaquiel Marshall Ruddy at all. They're fantastic. I, I think they are going to be decent MLS players. But at this moment right now, yes, of course, obviously, if you got Richie Larea, you're playing Richie Larea. Yeah, I don't think that's a that's a, a very controversial statement uh, for a lot of people. Um, Noel just saying, and Noel's in Nashville right now, uh, so he was at Agiotis Park. Just saying the refs were a nightmare, but Nelson Jimenez both look like they're really out of place with the team. Uh, see him in Nashville is also amazing, he says. Um, looks amazing, uh, I agree. Um, the Jimenez, yes, to a certain extent. I thought Jaden Nelson actually played a decent game tonight. You know, he still had some Jaden moments from time to time. But I thought overall, not it wasn't he wasn't bad tonight. I thought he was actually I thought he he's getting a better understanding of connecting with Insigne. Um and it was funny during the hydrate I think the first hydration break um, you know, there was a moment where Insigne pulls him aside and starts talking about how to play one twos and and sort of think about his movement. And I thought that actually helped him out quite a bit because I thought he was doing a little bit more of that after that chat. I don't know if you noticed that, uh, Sean. Um, I didn't actually notice that chat, but what I I I'll, I'll start with Jaden. <laughs> I hope that you know the more time he. A lot playing alongside and practicing with, with Jimenez, and, or sorry, with Insigne and Bern Jesse, he's gonna. That will help him improve the finer points of his game, because there's definitely moments where you're still frustrated with his his choices, his decision making, right? And again, he's still a young kid, so I will give him that. But at the end, that's probably the biggest concern is, is for me will be his if he can improve on on his decision making knowing when like i said when to connect those one two passes with with him in it or sorry with with insignia not like i think in what earlier in the season he was trying to do too much and he now has to just like understand the role and his position more playing on that left wing jimenez has been lost for a while now and i don't know why he's still starting not that io is necessarily an upgrade but you have to try something else because it's not working it for him. Oh right uh, yeah, no, I do think they go and get a number nine in in the. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, I want N'Golo Conte, but I one hundred percent that they will use that DP spot on a striker. Um, and, and that that's fine with me because, I, I, like I said, I, I think everyone in this room, majority of TFC live fans, will agree. Jimenez, you know, was a. A good sign. Like I think we all got very hyped early on because he was popping goals like it was candy, and then all of a sudden he's gone so dry. Like, well, I think he's reverted. Yeah, he's reverted back to what he probably really is. Not necessarily, you know, the hot start. Like, the, I mean, his expected goals on each one of those goals was like super low. Right, he was just finishing at an incredible rate. 
in in spots where you're like, how are you finishing that? Right. And I, yeah, I, I yeah. think we talked about it on this show where we we're just like, you know, how is he, oh, how is he finishing half of these? Let's be real. At the, earlier in the season, we were saying he was the, you know, the that that looked like to be the best signing they they had in the off season, you know, and then you know as as time's gone on, it shifted to O'Neill, right? And you can almost say it's even some it, it might shift by the end of the season to McNaughton, <laughs> right? Like the point is, it hasn't. It's not working anymore. We need. And again, like I said, I'm not saying Io is the the option or is the 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 future, because he hasn't really impressed me. But we need to try something else because it's just not working. No, I I agree, and and you, the, the guys here can attest. I was calling for Jesus Jimenez to get pulled at halftime. Um, and, and like I, I I get I get that he can do a lot more in terms of being able to go out to the wing and be able to connect with players that way and then there is value in that i'm not saying there isn't value on that but i think that in in games like that you do need players who can stretch the field a little bit more and get in behind um especially when you have players like an a bernadeski and insigne and jonathan osorio who can find them in those moments uh and that's that's kind of i think that's what they needed at that moment uh we've got chris here looking to grab the mic so i'm gonna go ahead uh and bring chris in and get his thoughts just give me a second here while i do that okay chris uh you're good to go so unmute yourself man and uh give us your thought yeah we can hear you um just to touch on the last uh, person's question quickly um i agree with you guys with jimenez it's been rather peak for the last couple months to be honest we scored what four goals tonight and i can't even remember him being involved in any of the goals, which is not is not great. Um, I I agree. Yeah, Io's also had a struggle this year, but let's give him a run of three games or four games starting and see what happens, and then at least then we'll have a definitive answer of what we need to do in the off season, where most likely one of them has to go. Um, I would probably say. Um, Jimenez, because he is a TAM player, but then Io is a U22 initiative player. So both of them are taking up uh, cap uh, like special allocations. So uh, you you can't and you can't have them both and a, a DP striker going into next season. So, so somebody's going to have to go on uh, and move along. Um, with Nelson. Um, he is what he is. I, I, like when we were counterattacking, and he was running down the right, and I'm yelling at the TV for him to get his head up because uh, Bernadeschi was on the left wing, wide open, um, and the Nelson is just looking down at the ball and looking over his shoulder to see if somebody's overlapping. He's not looking to see what his options are to his left, um, which was frustrating, and then. Um, I think his legs were going, and then Osorio was yelling at him. But either way, in transitional defense from Nelson compared to Kay, it's a massive downgrade. Um, uh, Today's game was amazing. Uh, Up and down, stressful. Um, It had me, the game had me screaming for Bob Bradley to bring on Daniil Henry. Who would have thought? I'm not the biggest Daniil Henry fan, but... I know what he brings physically and aerially, and we needed that today. Um, 
if I could ask you guys my question tonight would be, are you a little bit concerned that teams have kind of figured out our weakness where they're playing these low blocks, getting as many players behind the ball as possible, and then they're just like, I guess you could call it like anti-football, but it does work against us. They're just smacking the ball as far forward as they can and getting people to run on the ball. And it's almost like we... Well, I guess it's because we do play a high line. It exposes that. And then I, I get angry and frustrated saying, well, why aren't we adapting? But that's just how we play. But it's, I don't know, the, the, the opposition just whacks the ball. They win the ball. They just whack it forward as soon as possible. And then it's like, oh, no, we're stretched. We're in trouble. Uh, it's like 4v4, 4v5. Like, I'll be honest, like Nashville had some opportunities when they had uh, more players uh, going forward than we had defending and they just didn't play the right pass or whatever. Um, yeah, I, I don't know what's going on, but yeah, I, I just, my question, are you a little bit concerned that teams have figured us out a little bit? And that's, uh, I don't know. It's just, I've been seeing it a lot lately compared to earlier in the season where now teams are really just getting as many players behind the ball as possible, trying to rough us up. Uh, get physical with us, and then they just whack the ball forward as soon as possible. Yeah, Chris, that's a really great question. Uh, Sean, do you want to uh, – I'll let you get uh, the first thoughts in on that question because um, we've talked about this before. Yeah, we have. Um, definitely. I mean, I think what what I'm starting to kind of – and this is just my opinion, you know, I think Bob Bradley's, Bob Bradley's system and style – he wants the players to figure out how to break down that type of defensive unit. He's not going to all of a sudden change his formation because I mean, at the end of the day, really, how do you change your formation when a team decides to play, drop everybody back and, and block them the middle, right? There's like, you have to basically figure out like whether you on your attack, you have to attack with pace, not allowing them to, to, everyone to drop back and, and um, set in that defensive formation, or you have to f- just find ways to break them down, right? It's kind of, that's really the only two options. You really, when teams play that, not necessarily pretty, but the, again, they say hunker down, beat you on the counterattack, knowing that you play a high attacking football. That's, that's just the way it is. And it, it, it at the end of the day, I mean, it, if you really take out again those two goal questionable goals, it was a dominant performance as a whole from TFC, even when they played that tight. You know, um, Nashville was dropping back and hunkering down. TFC was able to learn and figure out ways to break it down. And one of the ways is when you have an additional attacking wing back, it opens and spreads things up even more. Because prior to, to today, they were pretty much focusing. If, if it did go on the right side, it was basically Jesper Nadesi by himself. But at least on the left, you had Insigne, you had Crescido, you had more ball movement um, and one and one, uh, one two play on the left than you did on the right. Now having Lorea back, Richie just adds another attacking asset. And that, that opened up um, channels today. So I think, yes, teams will continue to do that. But once you have a more complete 11, like when you had now add a K in that, that lineup, it, you, you, you are, you're able to break teams down a lot, a lot more. That's my yeah. case. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, from a, um, 
from attacking perspective, I, look, I think as you get these players coming in, that was we knew that was going to happen, right? When you bring in an Insigne and a Bernadeschi, and teams are going to sit back now and try to mitigate against their threat, and they're going to sit back and they're going to sit in deep blocks. Vancouver did that as well, right? Um, in the Cup final, and and it worked for them. And we're going to also kind of have to get used to teams doing that. And funny enough, that's kind of what we brought Alejandro Pozuelo in to do the first time around, right? Because teams were hunkering in 2018 and sitting back, um, knowing that Javinko and Altador and Vasquez were threats. And we tried to bring in somebody who can pick the locks, right? That was sort of the idea around it. And I think now, as this team evolves and knows how to play with each other you're going to find ways for this team to unpick those locks so again whether that's Insigne whether that's Bernadeschi um, you know again whether that's a Sorio if he stays and it's, there's a lot of options there but I think you the the thing that I'm that I'm seeing now with them in the lineup and now getting Richie in is you have a lot more technicians on the pitch who can kind of solve those problems a lot quicker than you could at the earlier earlier parts of the season. Um, and that only bodes well for this team during the stretch run. Again, whether that ends up in a playoff spot or not, I don't know. But um, that that bodes well for the rest of the season and bodes well going into twenty. 23 uh we got another speaker on the line uh noel live from nashville um is joining so noel go ahead and unmute yourself man and uh give us your thoughts and let us know what uh the atmosphere was like in nashville uh it's uh, hey what's going on um my voice is gone been screaming for a while nice. uh honestly this uh i just said it in the tweet um this stadium as a soccer specific stadium tfc can learn a lot from it uh, beautifully done, beautiful stadium. Uh, Nashville fans, top notch. To be honest with you, everyone's just been coming and thanking us for uh, for being here, which is an unusual experience after Montreal. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's definitely uh, like, and I can I, biggest thing I can say is there's a a quality of how they've done things in this building. We're in a bar right now where the staff actually leave during the game, go to the game, they close the bar in partnership with the club. It's just phenomenal right so you know that's uh you know hey if anyone wants to come down next year it's worth the trip right honestly it's been uh it's been a wonderful trip but uh today the game um we were you know up in the rafters uh you can see us uh right up in the top corner uh we had a great view stadium is you know it gives a great view and certainly a lot of uh even from our vantage point there's a lot of really iffy calls um and i think the referee kind of gave us a few in the second half but based on that um, for me, the two biggest things today were Jaden Nelson continues to have issues just with the simple stuff. Uh, he just looks like his brain is faster than his feet or his feet's faster than his brain. And it's frustrating. Jimenez, again, struggling. Uh, you know, you, we saw him and Bernadette, you really kind of getting into it over who was taking the penalty today. And, you know, you could see he's desperate for the goal. The problem was, like from the vantage point that we had, you, you got to see the formation and how it looks across the lines. And at times, Jimenez keeps going out to that left side or to the right side, and there's no one going into that middle part of the park. And that's the struggle. And I think he just looks like 
he should be rotating with Bernadette and senior and then dropping across a more fluid front three. But he's not. He's out on there, and then he's trying to put a ball in the box, and there's nobody there because he's supposed to be there. And you can see it from he's getting frustrated. Um, after the game, we stood above the tunnel where they went down, and he's head down, wasn't happy. You could tell he was a little bit frustrated. Um, you know, Nelson is just, I think he needs time. I think he definitely needs, you know, some... He shouldn't be starting. We know that, right? And I think Mark Anthony K comes back in and it makes a big difference. But you know what? The the guys played well in, in a great environment. There was They were loud today. Um, I've got to say, no surprise. Their supporter section was very musical, uh, very talented on the drums. Um, but yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's been a great name, great experience. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's really worth a, a visit. Well, congratulations to you guys for, for making the trip and all those who made it down to Nashville. Uh, you get to see a road dub, which is, uh, something that we, uh, a lot of away fans have not seen in quite some time. (laughs) I know it broke the street. The last three away games were Seattle, (laughs) Montreal, and, uh, so this is the first (laughs) win in a while. Nice. Well, Noah, you guys uh, enjoy your night. Uh, Stay safe and uh, get back in one piece, my friend. All right. We'll see you on the other side, guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm going to throw you back into the audience here. Um, A couple of things uh, Noel brought up there that was very interesting. Yeah, I I, I agree that definitely from Jimenez's perspective, that drifting out to the left or to the right is – I don't want to say it's problematic, but it kind of is because again, he's supposed to, he's again, obviously just symptomatic. He's wearing the number nine shirt, but also, you know, he's, you know, he's getting the ball out wide. Sometimes I'm looking like you should be the one in the box trying to get on the end of things from Bernadeschi or Insigne, right? I know Bob Bradley wants his front three or, or really his six, um, including his midfielders or his uh, midfielders that get a little bit more forward, um, to be to be fluid in the way that they they move and at the in the positions that they take, uh, and, and that's something that was really that's something he emphasized at LAFC when he was boss there. But again, you you kind of need that reference point um, for for the team to if you're going to cross or if you're going to play off as one twos in the box, you need that reference point, whoever that person is going to be. And it, it should be Jesus Jimenez. Cause I feel if he stays in the box, I feel like he's going to get goals. There's opportunities there and he can finish. Right. We know that for a fact. Um, it's just an interesting, it's an interesting thing because obviously in Poland, he, you know, he, he didn't just play striker. He did play as a winger as well. Um, but I think his best role, at least on this team, to get goals and to get involved is to be in the box in those in those moments. I don't know what you think, Sean. Uh, yeah, I think I think you guys are are, are spot on what comes comes to him. And as ideally with the the type of, I think if if you had if either Insigne or Bernadeschi were the type of players that drifted in and played more in that that central of attacking uh forward role it would work but they're more like they drive in when they're ready to shoot on net they they cut in at that moment they're not really shifting in and out from you know center to or from the wings inside the middle so it doesn't really work when he wants to shit you know drift out wide 
because like you like you said, like everyone said, there's nobody then in the box for that cross to receive that 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 next play, right? It's not like it they're even doing a give and go where then he's then attacking, you know, into the eighteen looking for for the pass. So you know, like I said, I think we all are pretty much feel that they need to make a change. Just again, just to see if if, if something else can work, right? Because, like I said, we have a great attack when it comes what we've proven it. When we, when we had four uh, first half against Charlotte, four again tonight. When things are flowing, when people are moving, it can work. But you, I think, all we need is to find that striker that can play alongside those two up front. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, okay. Well, uh, a, a couple of, uh, a couple of things here, just in, in terms of comments again, coming in through Twitter, a lot of them have been about Jimenez. Uh, and obviously we've talked a lot about him tonight. Um, some about Jaden Nelson as well. And we've also talked about him. Uh, a couple of comments here about, uh, Jonathan Osorio with a brace. Um, again, uh, the comment was made here by Kevin, you know, maybe instead of pass it to the Italians, pass it to the Canadians, you know, because um, it, it seems like, uh, you know, when you, when you're passing those, so the good things are happening and, and look, uh, clearly we now know we've got two instances of contract year. Oso, um, you know, when he, when he wants to get paid, uh, you know, he, 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 he can get in the box and start scoring goals and, and, and now, you know, you're, you're seeing the best kind of Oso um, where he is being aggressive. And look, the first goal, well taken, thought he should have taken it on the right, puts it on the left um, and gives the keeper the eyes uh, where the keeper thinks he's going far post and he puts it back near post. Fantastic strike. Um, and then the second goal, uh, you know, just uh, again, kind of a number nine poacher's instinct, you know, and that comes also from great play. From from Jaden Nelson getting the ball off the Bernadeschi, Bernadeschi uh, creating that space uh, for Richie Larea to make that overlapping run, and then the thing that we've been missing from that right hand side all year, that first time hard low across the box ball, uh, no hesitation it, on that cross at all. He he just he knew where to place it exactly. And, yeah. Yeah, and, and and you know, and and that is also using his, you know, being again the best kind of Oso that he could be, right? Like the the one that gets in between uh, the sticks, gets gets in on a late, not quite a late run, but just reads it first uh, and pokes it home. And and you know, if you can get that Oso for the remaining ten games, again, we said I'm not going to say playoffs, not going to say it's going to happen. But you give yourself a much better chance in, in that regard. And for him personally, he's going to get paid no matter what. Like, if he continues this, like, again, we all want him back next year. And I think, you know, majority of fans just don't want him to be overpaid in the sense of what has been suggested, in the, you know, on, on other, on, on was it, Toronto Night podcast. We won't go there. But, He's like, I mean, he's just such an asset. Like you, you see when he's, when he's on his game, what he brings to the table, right? Whether it be from the midfield standpoint, whether it be from an attacking standpoint, whether it be from a goal scoring standpoint, he's just, you know, 
this is yeah like i mean what do you say about also he's just he's a he's a you know from brampton he's earned everything he's gotten and he'll always go down as just a true legend what like a, a toronto legend you know what i mean like we can have all these great players come and, and love this city, but he's one of our own, and it's just great. For, you know, I'm happy for him. Yeah, and uh, Nat says, tell me also wouldn't be great on a team like Besiktas in Europe. Look, I, you know, I won't speculate on, you know, the contract stuff other than to say, um, you know, the – Maybe, yes, of course. I think he wants to test Europe. I think he wants to have that experience just like Richie did. But at the same time, he might also be looking at Richie coming back and seeing what that experience was like for him. And maybe, maybe, hey, maybe the grass isn't greener. You know, maybe it's okay being a one club man and, you know, and, and, and taking some decent money and, and being the guy here. Cause if he stays, He's the guy, and and not just that he's the guy. He's probably the captain. With you know, now that we know Michael Bradley will be back next year and is is contracted um, until next year, right? Did they announce that? Well, yeah. Well, that, that was the thing from John Molinaro earlier this year, where in fact he's actually he will be out of contract not this season, but at the end of next season. Okay, so he's not. That's why he wasn't part of that. That's why he wasn't covered. Yeah, exactly. Long story short, the club didn't really announce his deal properly in 2019. They didn't really actually say that his deal was actually, they said it was a three year deal, it was actually a four year deal. Um, So that's why, just to clear it up for anybody that's been wondering why he hasn't been listed as a free agent in the league, it's because he actually signed a four year deal. Um, Or at least that's what the club's telling us now. <laughs> so take that for what it is. Um, or any- some way of them them doing the math to make it more financially beneficial for them. Yeah, exactly. That that like it, I'm pretty sure we all at some point also heard Michael say it will be addressed in the offseason. Well, it got addressed this week. So like, I, I'm just like that's like I could be wrong, but I, you know if anyone else heard that, I'd love for them to to confirm. But I'm pretty sure that at some point earlier in the year we heard that you know um, Michael's contract would be addressed at the end of the season. You know, like going into this season, I'm pretty sure we all thought he was a free agent. Uh, sorry, oh, well, I yeah. thought he was because, because I remember 2019 last year. Yeah, I remember them in 2019 saying it was a three year deal. So um, now, with that being said, you know, like if Ozo stays. Hundred percent, he deserves that that captaincy, right? He's like again, we we regardless of whether Michael, even if Michael's back again for next season, whatever the deal is, Oso's deal won't be for one year. It would, assuming, be two to three years at minimum, right? You you're you're, you're hoping you would then sign him. To, you know, for when he, you know, assuming he would look at potentially retiring or winding down his career, right? Um, that would be my ideal scenario, but not again. Do not overpay him as, you know, give him as much as you can within the TAM capabilities. Yep. Uh, as we've heard from Michael saying in the past, uh, I think if he did get the max TAM, I think he could get another 600 to 700,000. 
um, per year on his deal. So on uh, what he's currently making right now. Um, so we'll see. We'll see what that looks like uh, when that time comes. Um, outside of that, I think we've covered most of the big things here um, in this game, other than the fact that, you know, TFC are still terrible at uh, defending set pieces. Um, uh, and, and uh, you know, Walker Zimmerman is still a boss, and I'd love to still see him at TFC someday, but hey, you know, whatever. Um, I, I will leave on this, or is my last note before we wrap up. Um, Lucas McNaughton. Yeah, the, the, the class from the audience here. Lucas McNaughton has played himself into a, a position right now where you I don't know if you could take him out of the lineup at the moment. Um, and and he has been – I mean, he was everywhere tonight. I felt like he was clearing everything in the air, uh, winning everything in the air. Or, well, except obviously Walker Zimmerman's goal. Uh, but, um, you know – it just feels like he is, as they said on the broadcast, he's much more comfortable now, um, you know, given in terms of his role with the club and and playing with Toronto FC. And I feel like he's growing into the shirt, if using that old cliche, but I don't choose it. Yeah. He's not a young fellow either. No, I mean, he's 26, but, you know, he's got a lot of time ahead of him, right? And And, and from that perspective, if he's about to get into his physical prime, and, and is starting to play that well and is really getting that confidence in, um, you know, that's going to end up being uh, a gem of a deal for TFC uh, down the road. Oh, no doubt. Like, I mean, in the past month, you've noticed how his confidence and how his game has improved. Um, he's been the most consistent of the set. I mean, no, and, and when him and O'Neill are out there, you really see a different, you know, dynamic of our center backs. But he's been, you know, without no matter who you pair him with, he hasn't his game hasn't dropped off. His game hasn't struggled. He's just getting better and better. I think, you know, that that's a testament to to his his desire to just to to want to improve, to want to be part of the, you know, the, the eleven each week. That's what you with and again, he's not young, but you know, when you when you you, you're growing your career, you're starting off, you know, coming from the CPL, you want to be able to show that you can make it there at this level. You want to be able to show that consistency. You know, he, he had moments of struggle and, and moments of, of error, but again, when you we don't have the depth, you have to get throwing him out there. He eventually got it, or he's getting it now, and we're seeing that as each game progresses, that he's getting better and better. His confidence, his willingness to, to to attack, whether it be from an offensive standpoint or when to clear the ball out, he's not, you know, he's not hesitating. And that's a good sign of growth from a young, uh, young player. Absolutely. All right. I think we'll uh, bring this uh, episode of the Tunnel Club to a close uh, on two notes. One, uh, Insigne banger. I mean, you know, I, I hope there's uh, people out there still complaining about him making $50 million a year and doing nothing. Um, because what are you on? Uh, if you're, if you are, because that's what you, that's what you get him for that. Those kind of moments, those magic moments. Yeah. Uh, game, game winning moments, game winning moments, guy, game breaking moments. That's exactly what you needed him to do. He ends up with a game winner. It's a stunner. Uh, and, and I thought I thought this was his best game 
um, with TFC so far. I know everybody's going to talk about the first game, um, but I thought in terms of just being able to start to kind of trust his teammates a little bit more, um, I, I thought it was better in that way. Um, let's put it that way. And then um, the, the second thing I'll leave up on is just in terms of next setting up next week, uh, it's another massive one at home against Portland. Uh, Jordan asked, what are the odds we'll see TFC's best 11 next week? Obviously, it should be most of the best 11 right now. Uh, we don't know about Mark Anthony K. That's the big question. Um, I think you know, on the broadcast, they did touch on that he's training and they're hoping that he, you know, for next week, but we'll see. Yeah, exactly. Obviously, if he's in the 11 next week, that is a massive boost. Uh, to this team, uh, and uh, right now Portland are, I wouldn't say struggling, but they're 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 you know they're kind of play fighting for their playoff lives as well, um, and they haven't really been great on the road either. So that is a potential that is a potential three points there uh, for this team as they're again four points out of the final playoff spot. A lot of teams ahead of them right now in terms of that spot, so they're going to need some help and they didn't get a ton of it tonight um you know uh montreal almost did us a favor by beating inter as i'm watching actually the highlights of that game right now um but i know this ended up 2-2 so that ended up in a draw um and uh, a couple other you know new england went out in in one uh atlanta won in the last minute against seattle at home uh you know so a couple of surprise results um, out there, uh, Cincinnati won as well, I believe, against Philadelphia. So they didn't do us any favors. So, I mean, we'll, we'll, as we go along in, in these last 10 games, obviously we're going to do a lot of scoreboard watching um, until this team is either officially out or, or you know, really on the door of potentially making a playoff spot here. But, you know, four points out. It's not, the, it's not impossible, but again, as we've said before, uh, Toronto FC is going to need a lot of help in order to make that final playoff spot. Uh, Sean, any last thoughts before we wrap it up for this Saturday evening? Oh, my simple last thought is I'll take the three points. We won. Not going to worry about anything else for, for the rest of the night. I will see most of you. Well, hopefully a lot of you next Saturday at the game and uh, we'll be back next week. Absolutely. Uh, take those three points and run for those in Nashville. Stay safe. Have a fun night. Uh, go smash it up in Smashville uh, and then a safe trip home uh, whenever you do get back on the plane home. Uh, but uh, on behalf of Sean, this is Mike. Thanks for tuning in to the Tunnel Club as always. Uh, and we will talk to you next week. Cheers, everybody. <laughs>